Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hi, this is Eddie Ojeda, and you're listening to Talking Metal. Do you love it loud? Then plan to attend the Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. One-day event celebrating all things rock and roll. Over 20 rock podcasts from all over North America recording on-site. Panel discussions with producers that have worked with Ozzy, Slayer, Kiss, Y&T, Seven Dust, Dokken, and more. Celebrity signings and meet and greets with current and former members of Cinderella, Winger, Tora Tora, Collective Soul, Taiketo, The Monkees, with more to be announced. All that and record dealers slinging some sweet vinyl. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo takes place Saturday, August 26th at the Music Valley Event Center. More information available at NashvilleRockandPodExpo.com as well as on Facebook. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Feast your ears. John Astronomy, the Talking Metal Podcast, coming to you from the Silver Spacecraft. I'm Bud Friendly, and now your hosts, Mark and John. Hey, it's Sean Astronomy. Welcome to another edition of Talking Metal. We've got a great show for you tonight. Calling in from the Silver Spacecraft, we've got Mark Striegel. John, how are you? I am doing great, Mark, and I am so psyched that you had the chance to hook up with one of my favorite guitar players since 1981, 1982, Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sister. I've been a fan of all this stuff. His twisted stuff, his solo stuff, access to axes, anything. Eddie Ojeda is, and he's such a great guy. He he came on our Fuse show, and uh, I'm really psyched he's on this episode of Talking Metal. Yeah, he did Paranoid with us on Fuse uh, on the Talking Metal TV show, and then he also played uh, I Want to Rock, right? Yeah, absolutely. And with Corey Clark on the vocals, who I just did a gig with with my band Like It. Right. uh, At Tobacco Road. Like It opened for Warrior Soul, right? Yep. 
Yep. Very cool. Yeah, we had a great time. We've come full circle. You have reconnected with Corey Clark. Uh, We're reconnecting with Eddie Ojeda. And we just need to get back in touch with Richard Christie, who is the drummer on those songs. Yeah, that would be great. we got to find out what Richard's up to. Yeah, I know he's still doing the Stern show, so he probably isn't too hard to, to track down. But Eddie, Eddie is here to talk all things Eddie Ojeda, including his brand new hot sauce, which is absolutely delicious. I highly recommend it. If you're a hot sauce guy like I am, you yeah, got to check too. out the Twisted Hot Sauce. It is so, so good. I definitely got to check it out. Now, where can we, where can all the Talking Metal listeners get it? I'm sure that you guys talk about this, but where can we get it? Or should I wait to hear the interview? Uh, no, I'm, you probably hear me typing in the background. I am just pulling up that information, which I should have in, uh, on note cards in front of me, but I don't. <laughs> it's Twisted Hot Sauce, and it's at twistedhotsauce.com. Pretty easy. Go okay, check it out. Good. We'll have that link through today's show notes. It's also up on Amazon, and we'll have a direct Amazon link, too, in today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com. I encourage all the listeners to go check out our show notes on the website and we post news there we have links to our social media there's a lot of stuff going on on talkingmetal.com and you know what john before we get into the uh, the interview with eddie can you update us on what's going on with you and of course we're always anxious to hear about the the ace connection yeah yeah so uh next week i'm going to be going to florida uh three cities clearwater florida melbourne florida and hollywood florida and doing uh, a little short three show ace tour and uh, that's going to be great and uh then i'm coming back to new york the following saturday the 29th, and I'm going to be uh, playing a show headlining The Bitter End in New York City uh, with Like It, uh, my band. Uh, you, you, got, you should come down to one of these shows. And, uh, uh, I'm looking days. at that Bitter End show. You know, my wife has a friend in town that night. I am very tempted to sneak out and, and come to that Bitter End show. Uh, you going That'd on right at 11, or does it mean, like, yeah. it says 11 p.m., but does that mean you go on at, like, 1 or something? No, no. I think The Bitter End, um, they're, they're pretty much right on. I think the last time we there it was a little bit late but when they when they say 11 it's not like back in the old days when we said 11 we meant 12 i think they really do mean 11 nowadays. okay so could be okay. could be a little later but uh I'll, I'll, I'll find out everybody if you're in new york come down uh i guarantee you guys will like it uh and the band's called like it um <laughs> <laughs> and here's the reason why i'm not just saying it because i'm in some band and think my band is good it's not that uh, this is a weird thing. It, back in the 90s, I was in a band called Cherry Red playing drums, and, and I opened up for a band called Like It, and I thought they were amazing. And their guitar player, a, a amazing guitar player, blows me away. His name is Jerry Sunshine. He moved back to Japan, and Jamie, the lead singer of Like It, saw me uh, saw a video of me playing the uh, Alive 2A solo years ago. I only, right. I only know like three leads, and I just play them over and over in all the songs. But uh, Jamie was like, hey, if you can play those leads and like it songs you could be in like it and he encouraged me to do it and uh, believed in my guitar playing when i didn't even believe in my guitar playing and and so uh the truth is we're playing these great like it songs that have been around since then uh, they, they're kind of like uh, i don't know acdc style uh with like uh, uh kind of a cross between uh 
I don't know, like uh, Ace Ventura and Robin Sander or David Lee Roth on vocals or something like that. And uh, it's it's uh, there's a little comedy in it. And uh, it's just a great band, in my opinion. Yes, my opinion, too. I've been a fan as long as you have, which is decades at this point. Uh, yeah. I never played in the band like 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 you've gone on to do. And you've been with like it uh, least. 10, 15 years, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, even back in what I considered the, the back in the day, I, I was in Like It for, for part of that time, too. So I was in Like It. I was a fan of Like It. Then I was in Like It. Then Like It was on like a long hiatus. And now Like It is back. And uh, it's going to be a good gig. We have a another surprise gig that uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell you where, but we're going to be doing something with Brett Michaels. But that's not in the New York City area. So okay. if you're in the New York City area... Uh, come on down to the bitter end. And then later on, after that show, I will, on the next podcast, announce uh, what we're doing with Brett Michaels. That's going to be happening in the future. So here's what I want to do. I want to get into a Like It song right now. You can download this for free on the Like It website. John, what is the Like It website? Oh, yeah. (laughs) The Like It website is like-it-online.com. And what should we play for the Talking Metal listeners? Oh, okay. Um, Let's play the song Mommy. Okay, this is Mommy. This is an old recording. I don't think you actually play on this recording, no, right? Yeah, this I'm not, like from I'm the not 90s. on this one. Yeah. It's from the 90s, but it's a great song, and if you see Like It Live with John, you will definitely probably hear this song, I would imagine. Yes. This is Like It with Mommy.
What you just heard was a little like it here on Talking Metal. We're going to get right into our interview with the one and only Eddie Ojeda. When's the first time you saw Twisted Sister, John? The first time I saw Twisted Sister was back in 1982. Right. Yeah, you got me. Or early 83 um, at the Stanley Theater in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And Queensryche was opening up. And at that point, Queensryche only had the four-song EP out. Right. Very cool. So this was on what I would say was, I believe, the You Can't Stop Rock and Roll Tour. Yeah, I saw them a little after you. It would have been the World Slavery Tour in, oh, I guess that would have been late 84. And World Slavery is the Power Slave Tour for Iron Maiden. Twisted Sister were opening up. I saw them at the Mecca Arena in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I, wow. believe, I believe that was December of 83. 84. So a long time ago. Great show. Great memory. Guys, before we get into the interview, stay in touch with us. Leave us a message and we'll probably play it on the podcast. 973-757-1917 is the number. We're on Twitter at TalkingMetal.com. We have an Instagram account. It's uh, Talking Metal, you know, at Instagram. Uh, Use the Amazon links to support us. Come see us in Nashville on August 26th. You can co-host a show if you donate $75 to the Nashville Rock Pod GoFundMe, which is GoFundMe.com slash Expo. You don't even have to come to Nashville for that. Just send me an email after you make the donation. We can hook it up via Skype, or we can do it in person in Nashville on August 26th at the Rock and Pod Expo. All that info is up in today's show notes. And support Eddie by his hot sauce. John Let's get into this song. This is just a great song. This is Eddie Ojeda and Ronnie James Dio off the Axis to Axis record with Tonight. Amazing. Yeah, it's great stuff. Tonight, this is a, a special song. And then we'll get into a special interview with Eddie Ojeda.
Hey, it's Mark Striegel of the Talking Metal Podcast, and on the line, the one, the only, Eddie Ojeda from Twisted Sister. Eddie, how are you? Okay, how's it going, Mark? I haven't talked to you in a while. Yeah, it's been a while. You know, we, we've had some history together, which we'll review, but I, the last time I spoke with you was uh, kind of a, a dark time. I, I was a producer on that metal show with Eddie Trunk, and, and you mm-hmm. guys came in right after the tragic death of, of AJ. And, uh, you know, so, AJ, uh, yeah, uh-huh. yeah I'm, I'm glad to be speaking to you under a little better circumstances today. And, and, uh, you know, we'll, exactly. we'll get into, uh, everything you got going on, but right off the bat, you have some great hot sauce out. Let's just get right into that twisted hot sauce. Yeah. And uh-huh. numerous different flavors. Uh, how how involved with with the design and the taste of this were you? Um, very much. I mean, it's. I mean, you know, we definitely got artists to work on it, and with some of the ideas, you know, kind of took basic, like some of the things with, that I, people already know me for, like the bullseye guitar, and and kind of worked off that, you know, and sort of the the look that we have or used to have back in the day with the makeup and stuff. So, uh, you know, it was part of that, that whole thing, but I was very much, I mean, um, it's funny because a lot of people think that somebody just, that I signed up with some company and, you know, they kind of thanked all the whole thing, but you know, everything, uh, you know, I, I, this made a Z as far as financing and it's, it's my own thing. You know, I've had a little help here uh, along the way, which is part of the growing process, but, you know, it's uh, it's what happens with a business. But you know, it's it. This sort of started off as a fun thing. My friend John Rosati, who's a cook, and he also has you know Rosati Foods, and he has a lot of uh, you know, it's Ripping is his company, and he has a lot of some wing sauces and a hot sauce out. I think he's going to come out with another couple of sauces. But oh, cool. You know, I was friends with him, and we were sort of joking around, and I said like. You know, I'd like to do a hot sauce because I've always been into hot sauce. And, you know, I said, kind of like a fun thing. And I ate cherries. I used to eat cherries because it used to help my gout. I had gout for a while, which is really a pain in the ass. <laughs> so, but, uh, right. It can be really painful, right? For, 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 oh, yeah. I used to get it in my bunion. And it was like, uh, thank God I don't get it anymore. Uh, it's been like over 10 years. But for a while, I had a. You know, it was weird because people would think uh, you, you got to eat a lot of rich foods, and you know I never really, I've always had like a good diet. So as far as you know, that was was it. It wasn't concerned, you know, because uh, you know back in the day, that's that's how people got it from eating all these rich foods. And the fact they used to call it the King's diet or something, the King's disease or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know that. if you know about it. I just kind of found out about that along the way. But so, you know, we started talking. I said, Is there a cherry hot sauce available? And he says, Actually, there's no cherry hot sauce. You know, nobody's ever made a cherry hot sauce. So I got the, he's a chef, and I got together with him, and, you know, we went back and forth and uh, until we got it just right. And, um, you know, it just evolved from that. It was then I said, Okay, so I did it. Just to have my own hot sauce, I made a batch, you know, uh, a nice size batch, not too much. Just, and I went to the hot sauce expo and 
it sort of took off from there. I didn't really, you know, I did it more for, but sometimes out of need, out of necessity comes the uh, invention, right? They say, because uh, it was something I did just to have fun with it. And, um, but then when people started reacting to the hot sauce, they loved it so much, you know, like people fighting over it, hiding from their roommates, really? uh, wow. all kinds of things. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I mean, you know, and so, you know, from that, it sort of uh, turned into a business. You know, at first it was something like I was just going to do with family and friends, you know, give them some hot sauce, maybe sell a little bit online, you know, but it just evolved into a thing where people really wanted it. And, uh, you know, I started getting requests for it. And then from that, you know, I got into the other two flavors. I also worked with John Rosario on those, those two other flavors, the peach and the apple. Right. And, um, you know, it's turned into a real business, cool. which is really cool because, you know, right now, you know, last year we did our farewell tour. I mean, we, we haven't broken up. A lot of people think the band broke up. I mean, it's not like we broke up, but we're just not touring anymore. I mean, I'm sure there's, you know, there's still things going on with the band as far as, uh, you know, putting out certain, um, recordings and videos that have never been released, you know, especially stuff over the last 13 years playing, you know, we've done a lot of, uh, video. Right. So, you know, we're going to be releasing things here and there, but, um, and, you know, maybe we'll get together for a benefit or something like that. You know, just, it's just the touring stuff is, uh, you know, we did it. We had a great run. And, uh, you know, so everybody wants to take a break. So, right you know, we just decided, like, uh, you know, go. This, you know, it was a great it was a great tour last year. We worked a lot. And, you know, so now it's good because I can sort of concentrate on, on the hot sauce and uh, work on some music, some solo stuff. Cool. And, uh also, you know, help out my daughter because she's she's a singer. She lives out in L.A. Oh, cool. And um, yeah, so you know, I'm getting to do a lot of things that because uh, it was kind of hard, you know, being on tour and trying to, you know, work on the business, the hot sauce business, especially now that it's gotten it's picked up quite a bit. Um, it's nice to be able to concentrate on it. You know, right on. So, and and just and I'm loving it. You know, yeah. Just for the but, listeners. Uh, TwistedHotSauce.com is the website. We will have that link through today's yeah. show notes on TalkingMetal.com. Definitely support Eddie and his his uh, hot sauces. They're absolutely delicious, and I can highly recommend them. Um, Eddie, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, which you kind of just covered, was, you know, it's it's been, I think, eight months now since that last Twisted Sister show. And, you know, the hot sauce has kept you busy, that business end. But but you mentioned some other things, working with your daughter. What what kind of music does your daughter play? Sort of pop rock, I would say. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm not going to say straight ahead pop. But, you know, she definitely um, leans towards being more rock, uh, more of a rock singer. Okay. And, um, you know, it's going good. She's, she's out in L.A. She's been writing uh with her boyfriend and uh, he's a great keyboard player. Uh, so it's really good that, you know, they can, <clears throat> they can work together and, and uh, come up with songs, but like anything else, it's, it's a tough business. I've always told her, I said, you know, it's, it's a feast of famine right, in the music right. business. So uh, it's not for the meek, you know, so she's, she's got a good grip on it. And, uh, 
you know, she's she's out there working and meeting people, and it's good. Cool. You know? And, you know, a number of years back, I guess it was, I want to say 2004, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but great, great solo record from you, Access to, to Access, which just had so many great tunes and great guest stars. I mean, the, the album opened up with... I think tonight, right, with Ronnie James Dio on vocals and yeah. JoLynn Turner was yeah. on that record, Rudy Sarzo, Terry Louise, so many, so much talent on that record. And is there any chance? I mean, you met, you hinted at it just before that we might get another solo record from you. Yeah, I've been wanting to do that. Um, it's been hard. I mean, I got songs. Uh, I got some basic tracks for like four songs, and I got a ton of stuff I could, you know, finish. But um, just, you know, over the last couple of years, it's been busy, hard to sort of get into the studio. Right. And uh, I think I'm just going to take it like a song at a time, you know, because right now with albums, you you put out an album and, you know, the internet kind of has hurt the musicians a, a lot more, the music business a lot more than any other business because, you, know, you put out an album and it's all over the internet in two days. Right, you know? right. And it's kind of, it's not like, I mean, you want people to hear your music, but it's also like that's what you do to make a living. So yeah, it's your livelihood. It kind yeah. Of, it, it, yeah, it's kind of a double-edged uh, sword, you know. It's one of those things where you, yeah, you want people to enjoy it and hear it and get to it. But, you know, at the same time, you you know, you, you need some kind of support and and it's hard when you, you know, you work and it's, you do an album and, you know, it's, it can get costly. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's something just, at this point, if something just pays for itself, it's worth doing, you know, just for your your head, you know, for yourself as a musician or, you know, an artist. But, um, you know, it's it definitely makes you less motivated to put stuff out because... Right. It's just, um, you know, it's all over the place. You know, it's um, it makes it difficult. So uh, there's, it's like there's no sense of urgency with putting out a new album because it's kind of weird. Like people ask for new stuff all the time, but every time I see somebody come out with a new album, it's like I hear about it for like a week and then it just disappears. Yeah. You know, it just makes me wonder about the whole direction of the music business, you know, uh, especially here in America, things have really turned away from the rock scene as much, unless you happen to be in that kind of, into that kind of music, you know, um, you know, you turn on TV and you, know, you, you barely, you know, once in a while you come across like a, some kind of rock tune or a band that's, you know, everything sort of become one dimension. Right. Uh, in in the whole pop scene, so you know, it's kind of that's weird too. That affects a lot of people, especially people in in our world, you know, with uh, hard rock or metal. You know, it's um, it's funny because when you see a movie, there's like all this heavy music, especially if it's an action yeah. movie. You hear the you know your double bass drums and like heavy guitar, and, but then um, you know as far as on the radio, it's not like uh, what it used to be. So, and that makes you think too, as far as direction. And, and like I said, it's kind of sad. You know, somebody puts out a new album, and nobody even 
you know, you hear about it for a couple of weeks and then it just kind of fades into the sunset, you know, and, and it's happened with a lot of bands and it's almost like the only thing stuff knows, people know is the old music. You know, right. The stuff that yeah. The new music doesn't get a chance. You know? It doesn't get a chance because they're still they play the same the classic rock radios uh, station at least here in New York. It's like you turn on Q one hundred and four and it's the same song by Zeppelin and the Eagles and and Blue Oyster Cult. I mean, it, all great songs. Don't get me wrong, but it's like they, it, it's just the same yeah. stuff. They just keep playing over and over again. Yeah, because when somebody comes out with the new, like when Van Halen after you know, after the Hager days. When um, when Eddie hooked up with uh, the singer from um, Extreme, it's on the tip of my tongue, huh? Uh, Extreme, the singer, Extreme, right, right. Uh, you know that was. I don't know if you ever heard that album. Yeah, I have heard it. It's yeah, it's a great album. Right. You know, and it kind of came and went. Right. And I listened to it, and. Um, you know, it's just kind of, it's one of those things, like ever since then, that's a while we were talking about more than 10 years ago that that album came out. And it was like sort of a shame. And it's, that's happened a lot, even with uh, Maiden and other bands. You know, they, uh, you go see a band live and they play stuff off the new record and nobody really, <laughs> said, we're going to play a new song off the new album. And, right. And nobody really reacts to it. They yeah. kind of just do a sort of a kind get, get into it. And then they're just waiting for the songs you, that everybody know. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, some of the stuff, all the basically the eighties, all the stuff we did back in the eighties, and it still holds up today. And oh yeah, it's like It's not like the new stuff isn't good. It's it's just as good, but except it just doesn't get the attention for some reason that it used to. Right. Um, so it's it's kind of hard to put your finger on the pulse of what's happening in in the business, but. It's interesting. So Would you consider just releasing like a, one song at a time? Yeah, that's to me that seems a little easier, and it's it's not too much information, you know. It's right. like one song at a time and let it soak in, you know. Um, at least for me, that's the way I think. It's that's the direction I want to go in. And then when you have enough songs, you just maybe do a CD. Right, you know, put them all together, and and but, would um, you be working with guest vocalists again? You know, um, I, I, you had a lot of great ones on the yeah. uh, the Axis to Axis record. Yeah, yeah, I plan to do that too. I mean, I never, I can't really mention anybody's names because right. you know, down the line, it's always been like, and I know a lot of people in the business, and it depends on somebody's availability and and where everybody's at at the time. Um, but I definitely like doing that because it adds a different element you know when it's when you bring somebody another vocalist from a different band it sort of gives it a different direction you know right um instead of like sometimes you know some people sometimes people do solo albums and it sounds like another song by the band you know the, the band you're in instead of sounding like right. a solo record no i hear so, you saying definitely that's that's something that sometimes you want to avoid and sometimes the, uh, having a, a different singer can make a big difference absolutely know? and um, and i want to yeah. dive a little into your in your past and i have a few things i want to ask you about the past but before we do that um you you mentioned that the twisted sister is is not 
I, I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said implying that it's not really over. It's still it's still happening. There's videos on their way, and and you could even foresee yeah. the band yeah. maybe getting together for a benefit or something like that in the future. Um, is that right. is right. is that something yeah. you you guys have all spoken about? Yeah, we sort of um, talked about it briefly. It's not like uh, because sometimes you know when people say they stop touring, people think right away the, the band broke up, but they don't realize it's, you know, it's still a business. It's still going to continue to, to, to flow and you're going to find new stuff to put out. It's, it's not necessarily new, but things you did over the last few years, especially all the live shows we did, you know, there's a lot of footage and, uh, from all these great festivals we played and, you know, and recordings that come from that, it's, uh, you know, we still, we're still working on things like that and, you know, releasing, re-releasing some of our albums, the old albums and, uh, you know, so stuff is still going to be available. It's not like, you know, we're we've disappeared, you know, we're still around. Right. It's just, um, you know, we're still a band, we're just not touring, you know. We still talk to each other, you know, it's still, uh, cool. it's not like one of those things, you know. That's good, that's so good to hear. good. You know? yeah. yeah, and you know you, when we go back to the the '80s, you guys had so many great records that came out back then. I mean, I, I was a fan of everything you put out back in those days, including the the last record, what I consider the last record in 1987, "Love Is for Suckers." And I know you put mm-hmm. some stuff out since then, but it was never like a full album of original new new music. Really, "Love Love Is for Suckers" was the yeah. last one. Why was there never? I mean, and that was at this point what like 30 years ago 1987 why was there never another twisted sister album of original material since then well it's like you know because of a lot of the reasons that i told you it seems like people just don't grab it they don't get to it it's like i always say it took 30 years for people to learn the songs we know right right. Uh, the songs that we always play you know so why mess with it if it's not broken? You know why try and fix it? And uh, you know we just never, you know we did the Christmas album, which right. was sort of like a fun thing, you know, and that was a different direction. It was something that we never expected to do. We were just joking around. It was around Christmas time. Uh, uh, we were playing someplace, and we just we started singing Christmas songs and sort of coming up with ideas. It was just like a fun thing. Uh, and we said, why don't we do a Christmas album? And then, you know, it evolved into us actually doing a Christmas album, which, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's a fun side to that whole album. You know, it's, it's definitely done, done with, um, it's serious, but it's definitely done with, uh, you know, to be lively and fun and, and, you know, kind of funny and just entertaining that, you know, not super serious. Uh, so, you know, it was, it was, that's the only thing we did. And we've, we've talked about doing another album, but it's right. just, it just didn't happen because we were seeing so many other bands put albums out and they would just fade away. And they yeah. said, well, we said, all these bands are putting out albums and well, nobody seems to care. You know, they're still listening to the old records. Right. So, um, if you notice, a lot of people have stopped doing new music because the old stuff still goes over so well, you know. So 
it's um, it's just one of those things. I think just a, a, a phase that the business is going through, especially um, for musicians uh, like us uh, in our style of music. Yeah. Uh, probably happening more and more so than anybody else. You know. <clears throat> It's uh, you know, the pop world is still alive and well. I mean, if somebody, anybody in the pop world puts out something, it's it's all over the place. But it's gotten kind of difficult for, for rock. hard rock yeah. music, you know, for rock. Yeah, uh, you know, it's there, and we still have there's a following there. But it's um, sort of like the pop scene is really taking over here, and sort of, sort of in general. Um, I mean, in Europe, it's still alive and well. As far as the festivals, they're all it's all heavy bands, you know. Right. Um, which is another reason why so many bands do so well overseas, because uh, you know you'll have from eight to eighty. You know, people are just into the music. You know? Right. Right. And and you come here, and it's just not that's not going on here for some reason. You know, they you have your festivals here and there, but it's not like. Um, the way it is in Europe. Uh, they really got it down. It's sort of a thing that's developed over the years. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, music goes, uh, you know, it, everything goes in phases, you know, you never yeah. know. Um, and especially a lot of the um, retro stuff is just, it's really happening. You know, if you look at the, even some TV commercials, they're playing so many songs from, from you know, the 80s era. Well, the anthem rock. And that's probably another reason, like everything was so, you know, big anthems, you know, and they just stuck in people's heads. So that's, uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, you know, I never, I never decided what's, you never know what's going to happen with the business, you know, what direction it's going to go in. Right on. I'm sure there'll be uh, another time when heavy music comes back into into the whole scene, uh, especially here, because um, you know this is not, in Europe. That's that's not the, the way it is. You know, in Europe, rock is alive and well. You know, uh, it's mostly here in the states that you know people just you know when you go over there, it's like another world. Uh, it's still doing so well, but over here, it's you know it's sort of one direction. Right, I hear what you're saying. So we'll you, see what happens. You know, you yeah. mentioned uh, video projects that you guys could potentially be working on, and it uh, just made me think of the great documentary that came out a number of years ago. Not not that long ago, two, what, two, three years ago. We are Twisted Fucking uh, Sisters. Twisted Effing Sisters. Yeah. yeah. So, so good. I, I really, yeah, I really enjoyed yeah. that. I mean, that was, and, and the, the amazing thing about it is it, it didn't really even get into when you guys exploded and were all over MTV. It kind of ended right there, you know? So, uh, is there, is there, yeah. is there a sequel in the works for that? Could there be another documentary that picks up where that one left off? I mean, there possibly could be. You know, it's funny because uh, you mentioned that because it is about the early years. It's a, it was about how we got there. It, it doesn't go on after we, you know, what happened when we got there. It just tells you how we got there and how tough it was. And the thing about it, even if you're not into the band, the story is a great. It's a great story. It's yes, about just busting your ass, you know. And so many bands and so many artists or musicians or even 
you know, people that are into acting, anybody that has to do anything to do with entertainment can relate to it, you know, because everybody's been there and gone through all that to, to get where they got. And that's what's good about it. And I've read this different reviews where people have said, you know, I've never really cared for the band, but I really love the documentary because yeah. it's such a good story about, you know, the, just the, the hustle in life. Right. Yeah, no, it's great. Through, you know, it's a yeah, great so watch. It, you know, it definitely reached that. It did, you know, it did a good thing as far as relating to people. Cause I think anybody can relate to it. Even, even if they're not into music, if they, chose whatever they did to um, be successful. Right. You know, so definitely. Definitely. It, t- it tells a good story about what a rock band goes through. Yeah. You know, really well done, well artist. put together. Yeah. And, and the story is there and all that great footage, old footage of you guys. It's it's uh, it's a really exciting watch. You know, one old story I wanted to get into from kind of that era is, is you know, we lost the, the great Lemmy Kilmeister about a year and a half ago at this point. And I just always loved the story of, of what he did for you guys. And can you, from your perspective, uh, talk a little bit about what Lemmy did? Did for you back in 1982. Yeah, you like the imitation I did of Lemmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did like a, I did a little imitation. You did, <laughs> got to watch the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like because they say, and it was just something that uh, Andrew Horn, who you know did the was the director and put it all together. His editing was amazing, you know. Yeah, and and it wasn't even a planned thing. It just happened to fit. It it just fit in there at the right time. But when we went the first time we played in England, uh, we opened for Motorhead, you know. So, you know, we're driving in and we're looking at the crowd. And it's like all dudes with leather jackets and tattoos. Right. And, you know, we said, um, not that we, I mean, we always had a tough crowd. It's, you know, it, it was, it's just the kind of band we were. Um, it's funny because we wore makeup, but we had a tough, tough ass crowd. Right. You know, um, and, you know, with bikers, and it was just that kind of a real metal crowd that we always drew. Um, so, you know, we're looking at the crowd, and we're saying, you know, Motorhead was a pretty hardcore with the way they looked and the whole, uh, you know, speed metal thing. And it was, uh, yeah, we were definitely scared, you know. Um, but it was, a, it was, you know, it was in a small stadium, and... So, you know, we, Lemmy comes in and he was really into the band by the time already, before we when we got to England, you know. And um, now, when you say you guys were scared, were you scared said, you might physically be attacked or hurt? <laughs> well, not physically be hurt, but they, they weren't going to like us. Right. You know? Okay. Gotcha. Like we were just not heavy enough, and we, you know, we were still wearing makeup at the time. You know, even though it wasn't like glam makeup it was more like war paint the way it looked and right. that's the way i always thought of it you know um it wasn't i mean it, it started off kind of glammy but it, it evolved into more of a war paint kind of thing and you know the band is all big guys we're not you know it wasn't you know it wasn't the kind of even though we wore makeup we were definitely tough as nails you know so yeah as far as the music and and kind of the way we performed so you know, we were just a little bit like, well, what's going to happen? Are they going to start throwing stuff or whatever? Because 
you know, in England, especially at the Donington, they used to just, it was funny because there would be like four, like 40, 50,000 people, you know, and for every band, there was a good 10,000 people that were into the band. And then another 30,000 people that weren't, right. they brought food. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they brought shit to chuck at the band, you know, it was, and it doesn't matter who you were, you know, like, uh, because Meatloaf came on and said, you want to throw stuff? Go ahead and throw it. And like, he was knee-deep and stuff for yeah. like five minutes. You know? <laughs> it's like, but with us, you know, it was, so Donington was funny. I mean, I don't know if uh, <clears throat> there's some footage of that too in, in the movie, but, um, you know, it's just one of those things that we were a little bit, we were nervous, you know? First time playing in England, having uh, really probably one of the toughest crowds you could open to as a motorhead crowd. And Lemmy came out and introduced us. You know, I was like, whoa, this is successful. So he just came <laughs> out and, uh, you know, he was introduced us and the, the place where they went crazy, you know, and that was it from that point on. I mean, we were just totally accepted in England. And doesn't he come out and stage then while you guys are playing too? Doesn't he, isn't he out on stage with you at some point? Yeah, I think, uh, I think he might have jammed with us that, that yeah. day. I know he jammed with us so many times, it's hard to remember exactly, uh, you know, because when we, when we did that show, The Tube, you know, he came out with um, with Rob, and we did, you know, we did It's Only Rock and Roll. Right. Uh, right. And, and, you know, and, and Donnie Philly came out with, and that, that really helped, too, at the end when he came out, you know, because he was, like, such a hero at the time. Well, he always was, but... At the time in England, you know, when he came on stage and and uh, endorsed you, you were you were in, yeah. you know. And yep. uh, but you know, we I thought we we backed it up, you know, as far oh, as yeah. what we did musically, you know. So and with with the attitude, you know, and and DB and the kind of front man he is, you know, uh, there was nothing squeamish about it. You know, it was like you know it was, we were out there knocking it dead, you know. So. Uh, it was really, it was great for, for him to, to do that for us. But, um, unfortunately he's, uh, he's gone, but he's, you know, he's always been a good friend to the band, you know, yeah, definitely. And we all miss him, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, another, another guy yeah. who, who left us a, a number of years back, Ronnie James Dio, who we mentioned was on your yeah. Axis to Axis <clears throat> CD and you know going back way back to you had a long history with him because you were uh, heavily involved with the benefit project yeah Yeah, he put together back in uh, I want to say 85 Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not sure I think 85 here here in aid yeah can you any memories Mm -hmm. of of going to wherever you guys recorded that and hanging out with like every Uh, single rock superstar ever no, that's some crowd, right? In that picture, it was amazing. Um, at the time, uh, it's funny because Nikki Six drove me there. <laughs> it's like he took me over to the hotel. And I was hanging out with him uh, quite a bit back then, and he came with a, like one of those open Wrangler Jeeps. Right, right. And I said, "This is not really. This is not very low key of us, <laughs> especially with the hair and uh, open Jeep, you know, going down Sunset Boulevard." Right. You know, uh, which was pretty cool. So, um, I mean, Nikki didn't play on it, but I know, you know, Vince was on it, I think. Yeah. 
saying, yeah, Vince was on it. So, but, you know, Nikki came down to hang out and, you know, he came down that first day with me. It was over at A&M Studios, um, which Herb Albert used to own. I don't know if anybody will know who Herb Albert is. Oh, yeah, I know who he is. The <laughs> Tijuana Brass. Yeah, you, I, yeah, Tijuana Brass. But uh, I, some people might, they can Google it, I guess. It's just, but, you know, he owned that A&M Records, and that's where we did it. That's where Ronnie, uh, it's a really great studio. And you know, I was there for, for two days. Um, and it was just, it was a great hang. I mean, there's a lot of camaraderie back in, in those days, you know, and um, it was, a, it was just a great hang for two days, you know, between that and then going back at the hotel, everybody was around. Um, so it was a really, it was a great experience. You know, I guess it was our version of, uh, we are the world. Right. You know? Yeah, definitely. The heavy metal version, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, it was a great, uh, a great experience. Was that you know? where you first met yeah, Ronnie was... or did you know Ronnie before then? Oh, no, I knew we, we toured with Ronnie. Uh, one of our first uh, American tours was with Ronnie James Dio. Um, you know, we toured all over the States with him when, uh, <clears throat> I think that was what, Stay Hungry. I think that was between Stay Hungry or uh, Can't Stop Rock and Roll. Okay. Because um, after Stay Hungry, we toured with Maiden. Right, which but that's the first time I saw you guys on the, the Power Slave tour. Yeah, I saw you open yeah, up the, for Maiden. The World Slavery tour? Yeah, Power Yes, slavery. World Slavery, World correct. Slavery tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, that was another great, great time. But yeah, we had open Friday, so, uh, you know, I got to, I, you know, I got to know Vivian Campbell very well. From that, I always stayed friends with him and Ronnie, and you know all the old guys in the band. But mostly, uh, I hung out with Vivian a lot back then because right. you know every day you're at the same gig, you know, yeah. and on days off you're at the same hotel, so you you know you end up hanging out a lot together, and that's that's where I really got to know Ronnie really well, and you know he was just such a great guy. And the thing is. You know, I mean, I never knew, nobody ever knew he was going to get sick, you know, and, and uh, you know, when I asked him to sing on the album, he hadn't even heard the song. I said, listen, I, you know, I'm putting out a solo album, I want you to sing, like, the title song, one of the, you know, title songs on the album, the first cut. And he said, sure, just send it to me, and I'll, I'll do it. And I was saying, like, well, how do you know the song's good? You know, I, I'm glad that, the, that he liked the song, but I was like, I guess he had confidence in me right. that... Uh, you know, because even when I wrote the song, it was kind of, I had him in mind, you know, and it's kind of a similar groove to a lot of the stuff that, that he wrote. So he was the perfect vocalist for it, you right. know, and um, it was just great that I got to work with him, like, on a level like that, you know, to, for somebody to say, Ronnie James Dio sang one of my songs, you know, on an album I put out is great enough, you know, uh, even, and, but then the fact that he's gone, you know, like a few years later, he was gone. I was like, yeah. wow, that was, I was, you know, I'm really blessed that I got him to, that he did this for me. You know, it's something I'll always treasure. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, yeah, so, because that was 2007, I believe. Or when, when was Access to Access? Sometime yeah. yeah. And he was gone a couple years later. Yeah. Yeah. So like two, maybe two years later, and I yeah. was, you know, it was definitely hitting me or anybody that worked with him. 
um, on that level, you know, yeah. to have him sing one of your songs was like, a, you know, it's a, it's a real honor. And, yeah. you know, and, when, and it meant even more after knowing what happened. It meant so much more to me. It's hard to say because it, it meant a lot even, I, I definitely wish he was still alive. I mean, you know, but you just treasure it so much. You realize like how lucky, you know, you are to get somebody like him to, to sing one of your songs and, and you know, to say that you have that because that's something you have forever. You know, it's on it's on tape. It'll be around long after we're all gone. Yep. You know? So it's kind of a, that's a great thing to treasure. And I, I always appreciate it and, and, you know, think about it, you know. So no, you guys uh, on the beat that. yeah no absolutely we're talking of course about the the song is tonight by Eddie Ojeda it's on iTunes it's on Spotify definitely check it out uh, with with the great late Ronnie James Dio on on lead vocals and and before we leave that topic did, so you wrote the song you wrote all the lyrics and you basically just sent it to him and then he he sang it or did he kind of change yeah, it at he all sang it. yeah. He didn't change it at all. The only no. thing is, he he changed the lyric. He wrote magic. He's got to put the word magic <laughs> yeah. in every song. You got to have a magic <laughs> a or a rainbow or look out or something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> he, he said, I'm changing this to magic. I said, okay. <laughs> right. You know, and he just sent me an email that said, um, I'm going to do the vocals and I'm going to double it and you're going to like it. And he said, nice. I'm going to do all the harmonies and you're going to like it. <laughs> and I'm going to change some of the lyrics and you're going to like it. Like, what he, I said, okay. You know, I just wrote him back saying, uh, thanks, you know. And he, he, you know, did it. And I had it back. I sent him the tracks and I had it back within like a week. Wow. Um, I kind of, I kind of lucked out too because he just put a, a studio in his house. So it was like perfect timing. Right. You know? It's like, yeah, let me try this track on here. And, uh, um, you know, Greg uh, Rowley, uh, you know, Greg, the guitar player, uh, Goldie. Greg, Goldie. Craig Goldie, yeah. For a long time. Craig, yeah, Craig Goldie. He actually engineered it because he told me um, he was there working with Ronnie on it. Oh, so, cool. And, you know, I got the tracks back. You know, I, I still have, you know, the, the, the CDs with just his vocal on it wow. by itself. You know, when it sounds, it's pretty eerie to just hear it by itself. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the minute we put, matched it with the track, everybody in the studio was like, you know, screaming and going, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> it really uh, made a big difference with his vocal on there. And, uh, One of a kind. you know, when he double tracks things, it's like so tight. It's like, you can't, it's almost like you can't tell. It's doubled, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was, you know, it was just one of those great things. So. Right on. Hey, hey uh, Eddie, I know yeah. I told you we'd do a 20 to 25 minute interview. We're already at 40, so I don't <laughs> want to keep you too much longer. But I did. there were two quick questions I wanted sure. to throw at you. Uh, Mike Portnoy, of course, uh, worked with you guys, stepping in for, for yeah. AJ to finish things off on the, the final uh, tour mm-hmm. for Twisted Sister. Do you stay in touch with Mike much? Yeah. You know, we uh, text and email. Uh, I haven't talked to him. Mostly like text and email. Right. Or a a tweet here and there. You know, uh, Donald Trump is not the only one that tweets, you know. Right. (laughs) But, but, um, yeah, I keep in touch with him. He's a great guy. I mean, um, you know, 
he's probably one of the few people that could fill in for AJ. I guess, you know, people don't even realize how good a drummer AJ was. And I think having Portnoy, uh, you know, fill in for him, uh, I think made people realize because he played, you know, he took out everything exactly like, you know, with respect to AJ, didn't like change anything. Right. Um, which, you know, some people always like to put their own little flair into it, you know, but he, he kept it all the same. You know? Yeah. Well, and, he's a, uh, he's a fan. He's a twisted just, fan and he knows how the fans would want to hear yeah. that, the, the songs, which is how yeah. AJ would play them. So yeah, big, uh, kudos for, to, to Mike for really just staying true to, uh, AJ's drum parts on that last tour. Yeah, he's he's kind of like whoever he works with. He's really he just nails it. You know, he yeah. does exactly what you know. If he fills in for somebody, he doesn't fluctuate. He does what what needs to be done. You know, which is you know it's it's hard, especially for some someone like him. You know, with his chops. You know, and uh, I mean, I don't know if you ever seen him do the Beatles stuff. You know. Um, you know, I haven't. No. He's going out. Yeah, I mean, he'll play just like Ringo. You know, wow. uh, they do like a Beatles tribute. You know, him and Paul Gilbert, uh, they got a couple of DVDs out. Um, I think the band was called Yellow Mallard Custard. Right, right. Now that you're mentioning it, I do remember yeah. seeing a YouTube video of, of that long time ago. Yep. Yeah, he, he gave me the DVDs. I didn't even know, you know, when he, when uh, when he first hooked up with us, he brings, he brings us all a box of like, He's like 40 CDs and and DVDs because he's worked with so many different people, you know. Uh, So it was cool. So when I saw the Beatles stuff, I put it on, and he did. uh, He did a couple of shows at BB King's. It's pretty pretty happening, and you know to hear him just play straight ahead like the Ringo stuff. You know, it goes to show. You know, he can definitely. He has a lot of control over what he does. You know, he doesn't. uh, You know. If we, you can't change a Beatles tune. I mean, right. It's one of those things. It's, you can't. Because even though it's simple, it was just, uh, it's you know, you can't mess with stuff like that. And, and just kind of ruins it. But, yeah, I'm just, my point is that he can just, you know, go from one thing to another with no problem. Right on. You know, which is a, it's a, good, it's a good thing to have. Absolutely. You know? Hey, um, I know uh, Adam from Fu Tone does some work on your guitars, and uh, I, I, he did some yeah, work on mine. Yeah. Really talented, great guy. Where do you where do you know Adam from? I know Adam back from um, well, he used to be a rep for Floyd Rose. Okay, you know, and I was you know my back in I did an ad back in '85 with the first Floyd Rose ad that was in Guitar Player. Um, it was myself, uh, I can't remember everybody who was on there. I know Neil Schoen was there. It was myself, Neil Schoen. Um, John, John McCurry, who uh, played with, I can't think of everybody's name off right. of my head because it's been a while since I, I talked to him. But um, that was one of the first Floyd Rose ads ever done. Uh, they had a poster and everything. So, you know, I was always working with um, with Floyd, which is funny too, because the first time he came to see the band, I, I introduced him to the guys in the band, and they they said, "There's a guy named Floyd Rose." You know, they just thought it was a part, right? Right. <laughs> they didn't think it was a real person. So Adam started working with Floyd Rose. Uh, he was a rep for them 
for a couple of years. And that's how I met him. Okay, cool. And then, then he sort of went off on his own and started doing the uh, all the upgrade stuff, the big block things and, and, yeah. and all the titanium parts and stuff that he does. And uh, some people say futon instead of futon, but, you know. Right. But, um, yeah, it's... So I've known him for a long, long time, you know, back in... Of course, you know, he works with Eddie Van Halen really, yep. really closely. So that's that's been cool, you know, getting in with, with him a couple of times. So uh, it's... That's been a while. I've, I've known him a long time, wow. Been, yeah, I got to say 15 years or so, maybe more. Right. Um, so, yeah, he does... I mean, he works with like everybody. I mean, I don't know. There's very few guitar players that aren't using uh, some of his parts, you know. Right on. Uh, so, it's good. You know, I mean, it's, just go on the website, you'll see. I mean, anybody I can think of has, has been done something with him, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, that's good for him. You know, it's good for everybody. So, he's a good friend of mine. So, I mean, I see him all the time. Cool. Cool. Hey, yeah, it's been very cool, Eddie. Before we let you go, I was talking to to John Ostrowski, aka Astronomy, uh, before before the right. interview, and he wanted to, me to tell you hello. And he was also suggesting, you know, I think it was nine, almost ten years ago that we did some great jamming with you. We were just honored. To, Sabbath, yeah. yeah, we played <laughs> Sabbath, and I think we played a, a twisted song too. I want to rock, and it was Richie Richard Christie on drums. Sabbath, yeah. And uh, right. Corey from Warrior Soul, I think, was singing with us. But we'd love to do another all-star jam with you sometime. Maybe we can hook that up sometime in New York City in the future. It'd be great to do something like that again. Yeah, yeah that came out really good. I mean, um, it did. You know, it did. It was a really good jam. I mean, it was it came out really good. I mean, last time I, I remember I wasn't feeling good. I had like a cold. My throat was swollen, and I had called John and said. Can we put it another day? He says, "No, man, we got to do it today." <laughs> but you know, we got you know, I was I was fine once we started playing. I was you know felt better, but I had like a I was getting over a bad cold or something. I remember it was not feeling too good, but you know, you gotta the show must go on, right? Right on, right on. Yeah, but it's it, turned, up there. it turned out it turned, turned out great. Yeah, it's up there on YouTube. It's got like hundreds of thousands of views. So uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it was a great, great moment and, and special for us that you did that with us. So uh, thanks thanks again yeah. for that. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Yeah, is he still working with Ace, I think? Yeah, John is, is working with Ace. He's actually flying out yeah. to uh, uh, wherever Ace is, San Diego, I guess, to um, kind of help out with some recording that Ace is doing right now. So he's uh, heading out there yeah, yeah. next week, I believe. So yeah. he is... Uh, very busy with Ace, and then he holds down a, like a full time job in New York too, working. At, Are you still uh, doing that too? Wow. Yeah, he works Amazing. at Nickelodeon. He's been for a long time. Yeah, he's at Nickelodeon. Wow. So, yeah, busy guy. Yeah, because yeah, I saw um, every time I've seen him, it's with Ace, and we've played together right a times. And uh, you know, I've always seen him even back in when we did Carnegie Hall. Uh, <clears throat> just me and Ace did the acoustic thing. Right, that's right. But um. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. He's been. You weren't at that show, but it was. That's on YouTube too. It's. Uh, it came out. That's another thing. That, you know, sometimes 
things come out better than you think. You know, these, these things are put together real quick, and right. uh, it's good when that happens. <laughs> right on, right on. It was, uh, yeah, it was definitely cool. Cool. Well, Eddie, it's always great catching up with you, and thanks for sharing the stories with us here on Talking Metal. And we, again, will have the hot sauce linked, and we encourage the listeners to to pick up a bottle. It's uh, reasonably priced. And, again, twistedhotsauce.com. Is it in yeah, stores, too, to the hot you, sauce? No, uh, it's in some stores, like Pepper right. Palace okay. um, carries it. All right. And it's, it's in a lot of uh, the mom pop. Like sort of, a lot of the specialty sauce stores will carry it. You know, it's not in like the big supermarkets, but uh, you know, it's more like a gourmet sauce thing. It's not so. Sometimes it's you know to get something in the big supermarkets is uh, it's very difficult, and it kind of keeps it more special like this. You know, um, and right now on Amazon, I feel like a car salesman. Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> You can get to no, but it's um they have uh yeah, I'm working with a guy on Amazon, a fellow named Bruce, and um right now it's free shipping. Oh anything, cool. You know. Because cool. we're, we're somebody you know, we're Amazon Prime. Yes. Yeah. Which is uh, yeah, so a lot of people have Amazon Prime and now with that you get free shipping. So uh it's been cool, you know, working with Amazon and getting this happening on on there too. Because so, shipping is a, always a big thing with uh, with anything online, right? So right. it's pretty cool. People can take advantage of that if they're on Amazon Primers. <laughs> yes, such a car salesman thing here. Right. Cool. <laughs> well, that's good to know. It's on Amazon Prime yeah. and the the hot sauce, twistedhotsauce.com. Right. Yep. Cool. Can't go wrong. Excellent. <laughs> okay, hey. my man. Nice talking to you, Mark. <laughs> hey, Eddie, please keep in touch and uh, hope to see you soon. I will, Mark. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Take care. Nice talking to you. Thanks for that. Bye.
that was Burn in Hell by Twisted Sister featuring Eddie Ojeda from the Stay Hungry record. And by the way, I think the, uh, what's that? Not the Food Network, but the uh, Sister Network, the, um, what network is that other network? <laughs> I don't know the what cooking, you're about. Cooking okay. channel. They, they adopted the, the catchphrase, Stay Hungry, and I guarantee somebody got that from Twisted Sister. Yeah, so well, they should be paying yeah. Dee Snyder and Twisted yeah, Sister royalties for that. Yeah. Yeah. If they were Gene Simmons, they would have it trademarked and they're not yeah. a lawsuit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, real quick, guys, um, I, I just feel like I have to have a disclaimer real quick because I don't want anybody like driving crazy and not. The, the, the like it bitter end gig is in new york city when i said it wasn't in the new i said when i said the brett michaels thing wasn't in the new york city area i just meant the city area so we're not announcing it yet but the brett michaels thing is going to be in the new york area but as you know the new york area is really big and sometimes it could take hours to drive from one part of new york to a different part of new york it's like seven hours to drive to buffalo yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is going to be – it's not that far away, but um, it's still in the New York area. We will be announcing that shortly. But if you're in the New York City area, if you live in Jersey, you live in New York City, you live in uh, uh, Staten Island or the Bronx or Queens or Brooklyn uh, and you don't want to travel too far – uh, you just want to shoot right over to New York City to the Village area and see Like It at the Bitter End. If you want to, expand, what's the date on that again? That's that is the 29th, uh, the 29th, yeah. 29th yeah. of July, Saturday. If you want to expand your horizons, you can wait until we announce the uh, Brett Michaels thing. But uh, uh, and and some of you guys might be able to figure it out anyway. So all right, cool, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing Like It maybe at the Bitter End, if not there, sometime soon. Yeah, and you, one of these days, Mark, we're going to have you come on stage with Like It. Oh, okay. I'd love that. I'd love Guest that. appearance. Yeah, I, yeah, that would be awesome. Seriously, that would be great. Um, <laughs> and one of these days, we're going to jam with Eddie Ojeda again. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got to do another hook jam up with, with him. We'll post both jams that are almost 10 years old. I think they're not – yeah, they actually might be. Yeah, you're right. 2017. They, yeah, December yeah. – I believe they were recorded in December 2007. Right. How about so we'll, that? Yeah, we'll post those in today's show notes along with all the other informa- info that I said about the, the hotline and the, right. the, uh, the social media and all that. So go to the show notes. Visit TalkingMetal.com every day. Leave us a review on iTunes. Go to the podcasting se- section, search Talking Metal, and find us there. And, uh, yeah, speaking of Iron Maiden, the the band that I originally saw Twisted Sister open up for, I'm going back to see them yep. uh, next week. Well, I was going to come down to Florida with you and see Ace and Rat, but Emily got tickets for the New York show, the Brooklyn show for, for cool. Maiden, the final night of the tour. So going back wow. to that, uh, hopefully the Talking Metal fan Jerry, I think, is going to be hanging out. So I hope to meet him and hang out with him. Uh, sure. If we if we have time, still trying to work. Is out that the is that Jerry Jamie's friend Jerry, or is that a different Jerry? Uh, I think it's a different Jerry. Different Jerry Jerry's. from Long Island is his. Name oh, okay. Online. Yeah. So is is um is Ghost still opening up? Yes. Yep. Oh, very yeah. cool. I w- and Jerry from Long Island, I wish I I could meet you there, but uh, I'm, uh, if I wasn't down on tour with Ace and and uh, playing that gig with Ace and Rat, <laughs> and uh, Ace is doing two headlining shows as well, cool. um, and the the show with Rat is a co-headlining show, and uh, that's going to be really cool. Rat's such a, a great band as well. Yeah, uh, great Rat, live. 
Oh, no doubt about it. When I went to Berkeley, um, on my application, they said, what are your favorite groups? And I put, you know, and most people are putting, like, my favorite guy is, like, uh, you know, Frank Zappa, and, you know, who's amazing, but, you right. know, all, all these, like, super musicians. And, and, uh, and, and not that these guys aren't, but I was into straight metal even back then. So I was into Kiss. Twisted Sister and Rat, and that's what I told right. them. Those three bands, like, and how cool is that? And they, they still let you in. Show. They still let you into Berkeley. Even. They still <laughs> let me into Berkeley. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least you were honest, because I guarantee yeah. there were some people who probably had similar bands that were their favorites. But on the application, they put like you know Jaco Pistorius and uh, right, right. Charlie Parker and right. uh, you know <laughs> Herbie Hancock <laughs> before the 1980s. You know. Yeah. You want to hear a crazy story? Speaking of Twisted Sister, um, real quick, and I know we got to go, but um, when I went to see Twisted Sister at the Orpheum Theater in Boston, and I, I can't even remember who opened that gig. Uh, um, I don't think it was Sanctuary. That might have been Slayer and Sanctuary that I saw, and maybe Doro, but I went to see Twisted Sister, and I um, ran into Mark the Animal Mendoza. Like on the street, and I swear to God, we went to a mall together. Oh, there was yeah. like some strange mall, and so me and him just walked around. He, he knew I was just. A, I said, "Hey, I'm a big fan," and we we walked around a mall, and then uh, I guess they had just done sound check, and I was so freaking psyched. That was like, and that was you know before yeah. the age of like digital cameras, and I mean digital cameras weren't even out. This was like in like 1988, 89, or something like that, and uh, so you couldn't get selfies that didn't exist at that point. And uh, but it was just a totally really cool experience. And uh, how how cool is it that all these years later uh, we're friends with Eddie? And, and in addition to doing another Talking Metal Jam with Eddie, uh, you know, it'd be great, Mark. And we, we haven't even discussed this, but we got to do another Screaming Metal style gig. Maybe we'll just even call it Talking Metal. Right. And and we we do something like that where we get a band together. And we get well, dude, if we got if song. we like paid like Mike Portnoy or something to do it, and yeah. and we had like like major guest stars because you get a if you get like Ace and Mike Portnoy and a few people that everyone wants to play with, right. suddenly everybody else will just come down and do it, you know, because they want to do it, you know. So right. yes, yeah, and I mean something like that. I mean. A part of our problem, dude, is we don't think big enough. Like, but right. something like that, we could headline bb kings i mean i'm i'm oh, freaking totally. serious I'm, yeah. I'm, no, it, I'm serious too and i know all the promoters there too so if we say look we're gonna come in with like all these guys well yeah no we're just we bad should. businessmen if you know the promoters we should say how much money can we can we get if if we do this and then if they say you know oh, you can make 20 grand then we can go to these guys and say be like hey we'll pay you two thousand dollars i don't want to make any money i'll give it all to the right, right. the, the all you know the, the people the, who come down and jam with us you know right 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 but you know i the, guarantee we could do that and yeah. it's called talking metal jam night or something like that and we come out we do it live yeah and then we shoot it and we sell it to axis and that and, would be great yeah, that yeah. would be great all right it's decided okay it's a plan it's a plan uh, watch out talk Metal Jams coming to Access TV real soon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious, but um, maybe we should hang up the the, the podcast here and talk yeah, about we'll, that we'll talk more seriously. Business. Yeah, talk yeah. business. Uh, now I'm all amped up. Anyways, this is life. Ugh, can't even talk. This thank is you to the listeners. Yeah, thanks, listeners. Thank thank you for always sticking with us. This is like a knife in the back by Twisted Sister, going way back to 1983. The you can't stop rock and roll record. Big thanks to Eddie Ojeda. Go buy his hot sauce now. Thanks, John. 
Thank you. But you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader.